Events around Goma grew steadily worse. The buildup of bodies was apparent, and the smell was sickening. The former Rwandan military had shifted west, but were still in evidence in town. Efforts to get the main refugee concentration north to Kibumba and on to Katali had progressed somewhat. There were 300,000 now at the northernmost camp, and some 200,000 at Kibumba. Between three and 500,000 remained in Goma. Bukavu was up to 400,000, but most of them had moved on south to Caymanola. All were dehydrated, and all were drinking whatever water they could find. That meant drinking death. Megadeth The Cholera Epidemic Death, even individual death, is an unpleasant reminder of one's mortality. I had seen death before. All of us had. None of us in the international community in Goma were prepared for the death surrounding us. Even as we arrived in Goma on the 16th, we saw refugees dying from exhaustion, dehydration, or wounds. We knew the specter of widespread epidemic was very real. Nearly a million refugees moved through Goma at 250,000 per day. Most had walked more than 100 miles to reach the border. Based on those figures alone, it would have taken a miracle to stop death from taking its toll. The dying began with a vengeance on July 18 as the first cholera cases were reported. By the 22nd, 6,700 were dying each day, a rate that continued for nearly a week. When the worst was over, we used the figure of 70,000 as a baseline estimate. The truth was, We could not begin to know how many more had died out in the bush around those camps. We only had a rough estimate of how many were buried in mass graves. Later, I found the numbers had been reduced somehow to 30,000 dead, a number both Kate Crawford and I find ridiculously low. To the contrary, I believe the overall refugee death in that summer of 1994 probably approached 100,000. But I must also say that once you reach a certain plateau of mega-death, numbers become irrelevant. What becomes important is keeping your sanity. One method is, of course, focusing on a cause, something all of us did. Another is religion, and many prayed hard in Goma. There was also humor, appropriately black, to turn even the most ghastly scenes into something we could handle, at least temporarily. In that regard, it became common to refer to the dead as enchiladas, because they were usually wrapped in straw sleeping mats. Inevitably, other names were coined. Overall, we cloaked our hearts and our minds with the equivalent of Kevlar body armor. We stayed numb, as emotionally detached as we could. The problem with that technique lies in its premise. You cannot keep such horrors out even when you pretend to ignore them. Sooner or later, 
They pay you a call no matter how many doors you close in their face. There was an underlying reality in dealing with the Goma refugees that made these defense mechanisms even more imperative. One assumes refugees are the wretched of the earth, persecuted unjustly until they flee oppression of one kind or another. Not true here. Aside from the very young children, meaning under age eight, thousands of the refugees in Zaire were killers. They were fleeing the slaughterhouse called Rwanda. We were saving them.